0: Welcome back to Gems with Genesis Amaris Kemp. With me today I have Dave Leo Baker and our topic is going to be music in ambiance spaces. But before we start here's a little bit about Dave. He plays music to support the voices of Clubhouse. He says DM me to bring it to yours. He's in the house musician for body soul a great meditation app by Speakeasy enterprise at soulpreneurs on the clubhouse app check out dave leo baker on instagram get his music leave a review or a tip and ask your smart speaker to play dave leo baker when you're ready to unwind so without further ado, I'm going to let Dave introduce who he is, and then we're going to jump into this amazing topic. Once again, it's music in ambient public spaces.
1: Thank you, Genesis. Thanks for having me on your show. It's a really it's a great privilege. Um, I am Dave Leo Baker, and I have become exclusively an ambient meditation musician. Um, and it's funny, but a lot of people think of ambiance when it comes to music as a new thing, but it's got an amazing and rich history behind it. I have seven albums in your favorite music stores. Three of them are meditations-based, uh, or you could consider it to be kind of reflection, um, those kinds of things. Um, I have a, a... Those are meditations one, two, or meditations, and then meditations two and three, with the Roman numerals. The, the artistic people do our thing. And, uh, I've got a few others, one for the COVID-19 crisis called COVID-19 Albums from Nature, or Answers from Nature, which is a re-release of some tracks and a a release of a bunch of prior unreleased stuff. And, uh, I've got a 90s album out, a 90s, a collection of short piano pieces, which we'll probably get into the whole 90s new age piano movement a little later, but, um, But yeah, there's a lot for you to choose from, or you can just hit the Top Tracks playlist and uh, relax and unwind, use it to fall asleep and all that stuff. What a privilege to be on your show, Genesis. Thank you.
0: My pleasure, Dave, and thank you so much. And for those of you who are just tuning in, Dave is going to be playing softly in the background, and then he's also going to answer questions to tell us about how he got started in the music industry and so forth. So Dave, um, what made you get into the music industry? What, What was your inspiration, or do you feel like you were forced into it?
1: My inspiration so uh, i I grew up in a very classical music orientated family um, uh, I might my, my 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 parents were very much exclusively classical music and so I started there and uh, just taking lessons as a kid and stuff like that but what i when I first got acquainted with electronic music was... Uh, really got acquainted was with the Fresh Air series by uh, Mannheim Steamroller if you're familiar with them they're such a wonderful group and they're all keyboardists they use other instruments too and of course being that I got my start on piano the logical next step would be keyboards and uh, really I have a lot to be grateful for a lot of beautiful artists like Ray Lynch uh, the famous Deep Breakfast album even George Winston, the pianist from uh, the 1980s, who still performs by the way, and uh, so that was during the 1980s when it's a great time to be alive and uh, a great time to uh, learn keyboards. And I ended up doing a little work for some independent film. Uh, I wasn't playing ambient at the time. I wasn't playing any of that, well I sort of, we called it experimental and space age and stuff. but but not, it wasn't as fully developed as it is today, but I was playing a lot of rock and a lot of hits and a lot of, you know, sticks and and yeah, Madonna and a bunch of different, um, even Emerson, Lincoln Palmer as a keyboardist, those of you who remember that stuff, that really difficult stuff that we, you had to do in order to get some auditions. Um, and then turned into a new age pianist in the nineties when uh, that was really the way to go as a pianist and as keyboardist. So I went a few years dry of electronics uh, went all acoustic piano for a few years. Um, that's basically how I got my start. It was really, if you're in, in the 80s, was a great time to learn uh, electronic keyboards, and there was so much discovery going on, so many awesome influences.
0: Thank, thank you so much, Dave, for sharing that. So whenever you look back at how far you've come from the 80s to where we are now, what would you say your greatest achievement is in the um, playing your music and having your music in some popular um, stores online. I think Spotify, um, iTunes, and what, what, what are some of the other ones that you're in?
1: So, pretty much wherever music is, whatever music service you have, the record company just does all that. Um, everything but Pandora is what I tell people. So, if you use Spotify, Deezer, iTunes, YouTube, Google Music, uh, Amazon is where you can buy it for the MP3 files. I would say the worldwide spreading of it, where people are picking up on it everywhere. This is just not something that any of us thought about when we were younger, back in the 80s and 90s and stuff. This was, you know, you were known in your local area and maybe you, since I'm from the Portland area in Oregon, I maybe did a tour or two down through California and, you know, we called them the LA people, they're the big people, uh, uh, with a rock band and stuff. but. But you're not known. I mean, uh, and what's interesting now is that anybody with a Spotify playlist can curate your music as an artist now. So they can put you on their playlist. They have their own private radio station without all the commercials. Um, and all their friends can listen to the, the playlist that of their music, of, of the music that they've curated. Curated is just a music industry term for collecting and, and so other people can hear it. Um, and really I think that that is the greatest achievement. Um, I know a lot of people like to complain about the new platforms and stuff like that, uh, in terms of like how much we get or don't get sometimes, uh, financially. But what happens is that we go places that other places that we would never go before. So if you're a pain clinic or a wellness center and you're using Dave Leo Baker as part of your, uh, playlist in your clinic, Uh, that means that my music goes places where it would not have otherwise gone. Um, and I would definitely say that that is, that is probably the most wide-sweeping achievement. I'd say the greatest, though, is when people tell me how much it really helps them. Because I do have a background in the entertainment industry, so of course I'm thinking having a great time, and relaxing, and a bottle of wine, and, you know, the things that we do in entertainment. And, um... Yet it's got a like, dare I say, almost a spiritual dimension that has sort of morphed uh, from my music, maybe from midlife crisis, going through things, and uh, having having gone through some changes. Uh, but that is actually really amazing when people tell me how they have been impacted by the music and just uplifted and felt better and stuff.
0: Yes, because as you're playing right now, it's just so soothing. Like it just feels like i want to be near a beach with the sounds going a nice little waterfall or something amazing so whenever we think about um, ambient music and public spaces what public spaces have you played in like whether it's macy's or some of those um nordstrom's or places like that where you would just come in and just set the tone to the place and just kind of let people be drawn in by your music have you done
1: those in the 90s i did um in the 90s before i had my dry spell when i was out of the industry for a couple of decades but i did i played um i played several clothing stores that don't exist anymore i did play at nordstrom's and i played uh shopping mall actually believe it or not sort of a boutique shopping mall in a tourist town I've played, actually I had a piano in a Safeway, because they had kind of a rich section of the Safeway with all the fancy catering and stuff, and so my piano was right near there. Um, used to be common to have pianos in these ambient spaces, and the way that it used to be a generation before me was that somebody would come in and they would play the standards, if you're familiar with all of the great Broadway standards from the fifties and they would come with this giant phone book sized book and they would play the standards, but with the new age piano that came up in the seventies and then the eighties and then really got popular in public spaces in the nineties, people started realizing that the way to bring piano into a public space was, um, was to really just maintain a flowing architecture. And uh, my my background, having done a little bit of independent film, kind of helped me there um, to feed off the audience. Because it's not a show, it's not a stage, it's a show, but it's not a stage presence like you normally do in a performance. Everybody's doing their own thing. And if they're feeling better because of the music is there, even if they barely notice that the music is there, then you're doing what's right. And I've had amazing opportunities to do this. And the cool thing is, any of us that have done this in modern times, the average person can benefit. It used to be back in uh, pre, you know, like like feudal, feudalistic times or whatnot, that only the royalty had musicians. They had musicians for performances, but then they always had somebody who was just playing in the chamber, playing a harp, playing something, a guitar, a lute or something, uh, to maintain the ambiance and literally uh, keep somebody from going, cra- keep a king from going crazy or something. And so what we now would sautier called furniture music or ambient music uh, uh, has its roots in prehistory, really.
0: Do you teach others how to play?
1: I don't actually. Um, I, I'm not very good at explaining things necessarily in terms um, or, you know, people that do a really good job of education, I know people who do, They're good at holding somebody's feet to the fire. You have to be, if you're going to be an educator. Um, I can help you learn your footwork. Like, if you're already motivated and it's like, I need to know how to do this footwork, um, like the way we do with the cellos and stuff like this. Oh, that's my flute, actually. I'm still using my left foot. And how how to control that with a bend with my left hand here. That takes practice. That takes practice. Uh, I can teach you how to do that, but if you don't if you don't want to practice it, I'm not very good at, 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 at what now, nowadays people call coaching. Um, and I think to be a really good teacher, you really have to. And I think music education is kind of going through a bit of a shift. Because when I was coming up, you learned your scales, you learned your patterns, you learned all these things, you learned the classics... Um, and that's why you did it Uh, nowadays they're basically trying to teach not just young kids but older people to start learning the piano and not to make them necessarily masters but just however they wish to be so I'm kind of an observer of educators and I appreciate all the work that they're doing out there
0: thank you Dave for answering that and well i know you have a daughter so is your daughter interested in playing
1: my daughter did play drums for a year when she was nine we, she had a drum set in her room um, but she's really much more of a uh, visual artist and a wonderful writer um, she has an english degree but i will never forget her her beautiful story it was a metaphor uh, an emotional metaphor about the feelings of a campfire when she was 12 years old like when most of us, if we had to write a paper, barely struggled through it, and it was about what I did on a summer vacation or something. She did this amazing piece of artwork. Um, she is a writer through and through. And so she just, she's a COVID graduate. She's got out of college 26, uh, at 26, or maybe I guess at 25, she's 26 now, almost 27. Um, and looking to start her life in the writing business somehow, or you know, in that in, the, in that whole space. So she's very artistic but not at all musically orientated.
0: Thank thank you, Dave, and congratulations um, to your daughter for her accomplishment. And I would love to speak with her at some point, cause since I'm a writer as well. And then whenever we think about music and soothing, play a piece. A short little snippet of some soothing music that you would play in a yoga studio, and then I want you to explain why you picked that piece.
1: Yeah, that's a good choice. Um, so I have to be honest that I don't practice yoga actually. So I just want people to be aware of that in case you practice yoga and you're gonna you're gonna catch me out on some terminology mistakes. So. Um, if somebody is doing a guided meditation and I'm playing with them, um, I would probably start, while you're talking, uh, using this sound bowl. It's, it's an instrument that I personally designed because I didn't know what a sound bowl was. And Virginia Shower, the head of the Body Soul app, explained this to me. She's like, I wish we had some crystal bowls. And so she explained it. And so then I, I designed the instrument which I now am playing for you right now.
0: Okay, so I'll be, I'll act like I'm in the yoga or the meditation space and then you'll play in that maybe a little helpful. Now I want you to close your eyes, take a deep breath. Exhale, visualize what you see. I want you to manifest how you want your day to flow throughout the day. Just let go of the negative energy, let go of the negative spaces, let go of anything that is trying to pull you back to any place of darkness. Exhale. Inhale. Exhale. Be at one with yourself focus on your breathing get in alignment with your body be in one with yourself drift away find your place of happiness of peace of prosperity of abundance of light of goodness stay there Let the music take you to another place. Let the music bring you that sense of ease, that sense of comfort, that sense of carefree. No distractions, just you and your body. Focusing on your breathing. Inhaling deeply, exhaling. Beautiful day.
1: Thanks. So it's all based on cinema, the way I do it. So if you think of movie soundtracks, um, it's all done on purpose, right? So, so uh, I actually Virginia has been really good for me because she's taken it from cinema to actually a more understanding of it. Um, but like when when I do the live Reiki on Clubhouse Sunday nights, um, she'll often ask for people to be in this space where. She's, uh, she's got them by a stream, and I'll often bring in a flute. Something like that. And you probably hear the drone in the background. That's because that's the left side of my keyboard. You have to set this stuff up ahead of time as a musician. And my right foot is holding that drone down. And the way you make a flute sound natural, or any of these instruments sound natural, is that you use a combination of tools. So you use a swell pedal, like I'm doing right here, because that's what a wind player does. They they breathe in and out a little bit. And you notice they do that too. That requires another controller, which is what my left middle finger is doing. And I'm not doing so much vibrato that there's a tone wheel that you... That my, uh, that my left index finger is operating and on a sample like this it just changes which flute I'm using but on a lot of instruments, like the cello here it actually controls the vibrato And so what happens, though, if you play an instrument like this without using any of the tools, it sounds like this. Kind of flat, doesn't it? Just kind of lifeless.
0: Yes, it sounds much better the other way.
1: (laughs) So what you used to get is people, my parents' generation, I'm not picking on people in my parents' generation, but they would walk into a keyboard store and they knew nothing about it, like my mother, and she would hit strike, play on the strings a little bit and say it just sounds like a fake organ type of sound. Well, it does until you perform on it properly. And so the challenge is you take somebody who's had nothing but a piano education and you move them into electronic music. So they take their piano work with them and they have to learn a few organ techniques, but mostly you have to learn how to perform the individual. So when you play keyboards, you're playing many different instruments. Uh, Like you've heard me play two instruments at a time here. Um, I sometimes play three, where I have a bass drum, a Native American flute, and a uh, and a set of strings, and that can get a bit challenging. But you have to practice the various parts of that, um, because as a piano, you you have you basically you're, it's how hard you struck the key and those kinds of things and the and the control you have. There I'm way oversimplifying students of the piano. I realize that, but with strings. And flutes and horns. You have things like portamento, which is a whole different feel, like between the notes, it's not articulated the way a piano is. Um, And so you have to learn how to do that. And you can tell the difference between a pianist who's playing on a keyboard and a keyboardist who basically knows how the instrument is supposed to be voiced and is working with that. So, not to go too far into the weeds in terms of of shop talk that does not just impact ambient music it impacts every every pop hit in the 1980s and every pop hit that where they have really used the f- uh, footwork and, and all the rest of it but it does impact what used to be called new age music is still technically new age music which is one form of ambient because we're doing so much world instruments
0: so Dave, if someone were to ask you, do you prefer a piano or a keyboard, what would you pick and why?
1: Depends on how they ask it. So if I had to die, if I was going to die on a desert island, if I was going to live the rest of my life on a desert island with only one piano or keyboard, I would have to take the keyboard because of the variety. Um, and I know many students of the piano will be upset by that statement. Um, because piano is, is the instrument with the tradition behind it. But of course many keyboard instruments pre-existed the piano. But, uh, but I will say that um, even see even this piano now has had that little string underneath it and I can pull that out and so all we have is piano. I'll say that depending on the environment, the piano can sometimes be the very best, uh, obviously, to concert on. If you're going to do a piano concert, then I would much rather use a piano to, to piano concert on than to use a digital. or uh, Of course, um, but if, it's, if I'm on a desert island, I'm going to take the synthesizer, the keyboard, where I, can, where I can dial in a whole bunch of patches with my controls and do various different things as well as do piano.
0: And as we begin to wind down, Dave, I want you to leave a gem that inspires, motivates, and educate the listeners of Gems with Genesis Amaris Kemp and then close us out with giving us your name again your contact information and how the listeners and viewers could get a hold of you if they want you to play in some of their virtual spaces or etc
1: well what i would tell you for inspiration is that i would ask you what inspires you in music we say whose sound do you love okay so if you're a writer Who do you like? If you don't know what your craft is yet, you need to find that. Because you can do something okay. You can do another career like I did. You can be okay at it. You'll never be a rock star at it. Uh, But but unless you find the thing that you really love your craft. And when you love your craft, people say it doesn't feel like work. Well, practice is always going to feel like practice when you're working on the keyboards. And it's all okay. I don't mind. I mean, I'm, I, I shouldn't mind practice as long as i played. And when I hadn't played for as long as I had, I certainly needed to get my strength back. Um, love your craft, whatever that craft happens to be. Because people feel that. You can tell when somebody loves what they do. I remember buying coffee from somebody who said, I love roasting coffee. And I knew he loved it as much as I love playing musical instruments. And I love, and, 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 and I would say that that is step one. Step two is whatever motivates you within your craft, those are the people you need to follow. A lot of people want to coach you, they want to mentor you, they want to run up behind you and make you a trophy. Don't do that. Don't. I've actually turned down mentorship arrangements because I asked somebody if they loved my sound. Because if you don't love my sound, you need to find somebody whose sound you love and you need to get with them. Because then you are really going to fall in love with, and you're going to really learn how to, uh, how to do that. And that, that's, my, that's my thing. I think the secret between mediocrity and excellence is doing what you are really love to do. Because um, you, can, you can study all the books and try to learn a craft and get somewhere there, but you won't get there unless you really are doing what you really, really are passionate about. Now, in terms of using me uh, in your public spaces, well, if you're on Clubhouse, it's uh, pretty straightforward. You just DM me on Instagram is the best way or Telegram. It's Dave Leo Baker. Anywhere when there's a Dave Leo Baker, that is me. So DM me on the platform that you use. Uh, and you just need to reset, mention me on resetting the room and I'll send you a couple requirements. But if you want it in your premium spaces, the ones you're paying for, I mean, that, that users are paying, your, your, your guests, your fans, your users, whatnot, clients, I guess um, people call it um, in the in the yoga spaces. Um, then if they're paying you for a private Zoom room, then I have a, I have a fee structure that works. Um, in the old days, I would have had to charge you a, a flat $100 an hour no matter what. Um, but what happens if you only have two people show up? So I actually have a flat structure. I have a, I have a sliding structure that works. For your business, contact me through the same channels. Let's talk, and just like you're hearing it through Zoom right now, you'll be able to hear through your Zoom there. Um, also, you can incorporate Dave Leo Baker in your wellness spaces. You could tell people who, run uh, if you don't run the space yourself, uh, to add me to their playlist. Um, that's another way to do it. Get in contact. You can find me on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Uh, As Dave Leo Baker it's all Dave Leo Baker or you can go to DaveLeoBaker.com which is the original kind of artist website um, with everything on it Um, on your favorite music platform that's where to get it that's the easiest way to get either the seven albums or you can just play through the top playlist and I really appreciate you having me on your show today it's been wonderful
0: Thank you so much, Dave. And there you have it, listeners and viewers of Gems with Genesis of Mars Camp. You just heard Dave and Leo Baker, and our topic was ambient music in public spaces. Thank you again, Dave, for being such a phenomenal guest and just playing all your great pieces during this segment. I truly appreciate it, and I hope it resonates with the listeners as well as the viewers. Signing out, and you know how we do it. Peace, Peace. love, and lots of blessings.